0: This is Brian Lane, lead pastor of FAM Church. I have the honor to introduce today's message to you. Sunday, we have the pleasure of hearing from Maurice Donaldson, one of our board members, as he talked about being redeemed. Join us as we hear this challenging word from the book of Psalms. Let's give me a moment while I get this set up, but I just truly thank God for this honor of coming to bring forth the word. The the, the word has been in me since... I was a child, and I didn't know what God was gonna do with me up until this point, but but he knew the purpose and plan for my life. And after many years of running and and ducking and diving, he said, Boy, you better stop running from me. You just come on and just do what I tell you to do. I'm like, no, Lord, I wanna I wanna go out there, I wanna party, I wanna hang out, I wanna, I wanna be cool. You know, they say doing stuff for you ain't, ain't cool. It's boring. You say, oh, okay, well, how will you know if you never come over here and, and, and let me show you what it's like on this side? So so finally, after I went and did some stuff and got into a, a low place, I came back to the garden and say, God, I'm ready now. Some, some of y'all can relate to that. I'm ready Of that, Pastor Brian. But I want to just come and, and, and bless you all with a word this morning. Um, the message title is Redeemed. And I was sharing with Pastor Brian about uh, a month ago, he um, did a series on a blessed life or the blessed life. And in one of those messages, he talked about uh, being redeemed in our time, our talent, and our uh, treasure. Uh, how many of y'all remember that message? Yes, raise them hands high. Yes, yes. Lift them up towards heaven. But from that, it inspired me to do a message entitled Redeem, and especially around the time that we uh, give reverence to, to the resurrection of Christ and how uh, he died to redeem us from a sinful world and a sinful nature. And the, the message this morning is going to have some of the reference to that, um, so that it'll help and bless you to know that just like in that last song, that hey, you are forgiven. So don't let nobody tell you what you are or what you was. Hey, you are forgiven in Christ. He died for us, so we are forgiven. And I'm gonna break that down a little bit further. But before I get started, I just want to ask a simple question. Have you ever redeemed something with or without a purchase? For example, a coupon? a rebate, rewards, points, gift cards, etc. Now, by a show of hands, how many shoppers are in the building? Raise your raise hands high. Oh yeah, I, I think every lady should have their hand up. E- even some of the men, cause I know I like, I like to shop. But how many of y'all like to shop when there's a sale going on? Or when they give a coupon or a BOGO, buy one, get one, or a percentage off? Oh yes, I do. Or even if they send you a a, a gift card in the mail to say, hey, you know, because you've been a faithful reward member or whatever, we want to, hey, give you something on us. You ain't got to pay for nothing. It's on us. Or as they would say, it's for the free. How many of y'all love stuff for the free? Lord knows I do. But that's one of the things, the the, the benefits of of, of being uh, uh, redeemed, you know, you don't even have to buy a thing to, to go and get the rewards or the benefits. Some come with a purchase. Some don't come with a purchase. But it just explains the benefit of being redeemed or redeeming something. And some of you may ask the question, well, Brother Maurice, what does it mean to be redeemed? I don't quite understand the meaning of that word. I'm glad you asked. So the next thing it says, what does it mean to redeem? Are the slides not working? There we go. What does it mean to redeem? To redeem, it means to buy back. And you have certain um, merchants out there that have what's called buyback programs. Uh, I know in the auto world they have uh, buyback specials to where you know uh, you have their product for so long and then they'll buy it back from you at a certain uh, percentage or rate or even uh, in in the the phone world. I know uh, you have Sprint, T-Mobile, whatever. They'll say hey we'll buy your phone back so you can upgrade to a newer phone. Oh awesome because I'm not going to pay $800 for a new phone. I can just pay $400 with the buyback. But again, that's a benefit of being redeemed or redeeming something. Also, redeem means to free from what distresses or harms. And I'm going to get into that a little bit later on in the message, but you're, you're redeemed from your trouble. When you, when you get in trouble, you know, there's a way out. As the Bible says he'll make a way for your escape. It also means to release from blame or debt. Now, when I see that word debt, I think about, oh, Lord, all that unwise spending and things I did. You mean, Lord, I can be redeemed from that? You can give me grace from that? Some people are like, well, well, yeah, it happens. Because Lord knows I know student loans. <laughs> Some of y'all can relate. <laughs> it's a lot of money. But thank God for the redemption of the 10-year plan. If you work in public service for 10 years, they say, hey, the rest of your loan is forgiven. How many say, forgiven of all of my student debt? Hey, I thank you, Lord. (laughs) But it's another benefit of being redeemed, to be clear from. And then lastly, to free from the consequences of sin. And that's where Jesus came in, him dying on the cross, him being buried and resurrected, him... um, suffering the atonement of sin for us to be redeemed from a sinful world, past, present, and future. So that is the benefit of the word redeem. And I'm going to now give you a scripture. We're going to be coming out of the book of Psalms, Psalms 107. For Psalm is a very familiar verse, and I'm going to be reading the English Standard Version of Psalms 107. I'm going to read verses one through three, six and eight. When you have it, say Amen. I know some of y'all are looking like you know, um, like Maurice. You look different. You got your your glasses on. You know, yeah. Um, I had to go and re- redeem my eyes. Yes, they were. You know, um, the doctor say, uh, well, your right eye kind of you know a little weak. So I'm like, okay, Lord, well I redeem it so I can see your vision. I can see clear. You know, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. So, yeah. It's a brighter day in here this morning. So, but I don't have to wear them all the time. But, hey, I thank God for clarity. Amen? Amen. So, we'll go ahead and read the scripture starting at verse 1 of Psalms 107. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Somebody say good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Verse 2, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed or released from trouble and gathered or bought back in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. And I put in parentheses in representation of the lost tribes of Israel. Verse 6, then they cried, and I like to say they prayed, because the, the scripture talks about them praying, to the Lord in their trouble. Oh, it takes some trouble for us to get on our knees and pray, don't it? And he delivered them from their distress. My God, my God. Verse 8, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love. I say his mercy and his grace. For his wondrous works to the children of man. Or some may say for those that have fallen away from God. they reference to them as the children of men. And just to kind of give you some uh, quick background into uh, Psalms 107. In this chapter of 107 Psalms, David gives continual thanks and reference, reverence to God for his goodness and his wondrous works, as mentioned in the two previous psalms. He explains how the children of Israel wandered around in the wilderness and the darkness and how they rebelled against the words and counsel of God and wanted to do things their way, like we like to do even in this present time. They even worshiped idol gods. They were considered the children of man. As they had fallen away from God, God allowed them to endure the long suffering of their captivity in Egypt. However, when they had suffered enough, prayed and cried out to God, it was then that he chose to have steadfast love for his children and save them from their trouble. Somebody say, save from trouble. They bowed and gave thanks to the true and living God, who saved them in their distress. Now that's a mighty God we serve, ain't it? Amen. Now, before I get into some um, some some things I want you to take away from this message, I got a quick little little story here. I'm gonna take you down memory lane. Not memory lane, but through a childhood experience of mine. And I'm glad my family here this morning to kind of, you know, give, give uh, witness to this. Now, growing up in the household, it was me, my, my, my sister, and my oldest brother. And my dad, who you see over here, he was the disciplinarian of, of, the, of the family. You know, he the one that, hey, you know, what daddy said, it went or it goes. When you got in trouble, or oh, you know, daddy going to tear you up. You're going to get the belt to that hiney. And for me, it, it it never worked out to my advantage because he always worked at the school where I attended. And, <laughs> and anytime I got in trouble, the principal would tell me, I'm going to tell your daddy. I'm like, please don't tell my daddy. No, I'm going to tell your daddy. And then... I would uh, just go through the day with like, okay, well, maybe he'll tell dad and daddy forget about it. Uh-uh. Dad, come home from work that night. I'll be asleep. He'll come wake me up. Um, So what happened today at school, son? Huh? You know how we like to play. I'll be dumb, uh, young, young people. Huh? Uh-uh. It wasn't me. It was the other kid. No, it wasn't me, daddy. And then, hey. He'd he go ahead and handle business, and I'm like, I won't do it again. And then you had mama. Mama was more of the nurturing one, but like, you know, Matt, leave that boy alone. You know, he, he all right. He, he, leave him alone. So I'm like, well, I thank God for mama. Mama, she, she know how to save me from a world of trouble. But there's a catch to that. How many know that they say don't take a person's kindness as a weakness? See, I did that with Mama. See, I was getting a little bit older in my, in my preteens, and you know, I I started getting a big head, started smelling my must, thinking that hey, I can just talk to Mama any kind of way, and be like, she tell me to do something like you do it. Oh no 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 no, I ain't doing that. See. Because Daddy wasn't around to reinforce things, I thought that, well, you know what? I can go ahead and say this and do this and get away with it. Oh, brother, brother, brother. I tell you, one day, I don't remember what it was or what I said. Now, let me also remind you, my dad, he, he's a little bit shorter. You know, my mom, you know, she's a little bit taller than him, but like I say, I don't know what I said or did that day. All I remember is saying something slick out of the mouth. And mama came out of nowhere. Whop, whop, whop. That thing broke me down. Now, I was a lot bigger than what I am now. It broke me down. I'm crying, mama, no, no. Mama, no, I won't do it. Please, please. And I got up and cried, wiping my tears. And my cousin, he was there just laughing. <laughs> Auntie, whip you. Eye-eye. That ain't funny. But The thing about it is, mama had to correct me and let me know that, okay, I'm still mama. Don't get sideways. Don't get slick out the mouth. I'm still your mama. And just like that, God reminds us, just like he reminded the children of Israel, that he is still God that he can also bring us down when we get the big head or get so full of ourselves or want to be disobedient or as Brown on my deal would say, be a disobedient. God will have his way of correcting us, putting us in line or putting us in check. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. You heard me. All right. So now I want to get into some, some takeaways, you know, you know how you have preachers that say, well, I have three points. I have four points. I have this synopsis and this synopsis. No, I got some takeaways. I want you to take away from this message and apply it to your life. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. So the first thing from this is that God extends goodness to those who have a reason or to those who are redeemed to give thanks and also to give thanks, and then also to those who care not to give him thanks. And you want to like, well, how can you not give thanks to God? Well, if you read back in, the, in those times, you had those that didn't even give God no thanks. They were like, well, <laughs> whatever. And even today we have people that's like, well, you go ahead and give God thanks for whatever. I'm good. You know, I, I'll, I'll live my life the way i want to live my life. You know, I'm good. No, you're not. And to give a scripture reference into that, I went to Matthew 5 and 44 through 45, where Jesus said, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and the good and it sends rain on the just and the unjust in other words it's all good because it's all God and just like he can show his goodness to the redeemed to those that are considered you know saving and and, and under him he can also say hey my goodness can go to everybody if you want to, don't want to praise me and thank me, hey, that's fine, but I'm still going to show goodness. It's just like when I'm um, counseling kids. I, I, I counsel kids in, in the foster care system, and sometimes when I go to a home and I'm working with this one kid, but yet there may be other siblings in the household, and at the end of the session, I may give out a treat to that kid for, for, for uh, having a good session. And then you have the other kids over in the corner, can, can I have one, Mr. D, Mr. Maurice, can I have one? <laughs> I could be like, well, no, cause I don't know you like that. Or no, you're not my client. You know, I could be dirty like that, but I extend goodness. I'm like, well, you know what? Here you go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And it goes a long way. All because I choose to extend that goodness. Even though they're not in direct relation with what I'm doing, it's still good to to extend that goodness because you never know when they may come back to you in that time of trouble. Now, I told you, it's coming back because the lost will one day be found and need the Lord to help them. Amen? Amen. The next thing I want you to take away is that God will surely... Somebody say, surely. That means definitely. He will, he will respond to the cries of his children when they pray to him in a time of desperation. Now, of course, we want to also pray to God when times are good. Now, I'm, I'm not discouraging you, you praying when, when everything ain't going good, you know. But in reference to this scripture, it gives um, a meaning to why they had to pray because In order for God to respond, they had to pray. They had to cry out to him to know that he was God. And in that I go to 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, a very familiar verse of Scripture. Brother Terry also did a a, a Wednesday night lesson from this, uh, this Scripture. It says that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn ha, from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And then another scripture, Psalms thirty-four, nineteen, says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord my God delivers him out of them all. Now That's a good God to deliver you from all of your troubles, not just some. He comes out, I can deliver you from from that, but not that. But no, he say all of your troubles. And the reason for that is because when you belong to the Father, he will look out for you because he knows the voice of his children. And that was the importance of why they had to cry out. They had to speak the language. They had to talk the talk and walk the walk. But until they did that, God could not respond and bring them out of what they were in. And just like with us today, parents, when your kids do things that you don't approve of when they go out there and they, they get arrested or you know they may get on drugs or just do things that you know you didn't train them up in the right way to do it can be a little discouraging but do you turn your back on them? No because they are your children and you're going to show them love no matter what because they are your children and God doesn't turn his back on us, but he said that he chastises those whom he loves. So it's like, hey, I'm going to love you enough to correct you when you're wrong so that when you get it corrected, you won't go that way again. So it'll keep you on the straight and narrow. And that's important even as parents because even dealing in counseling, I try to help parents out. I'm like, you have to. Teach this child the right way. You just can't let them run over you at the same time. You can't, you know, abuse them to the point that they just turn away from you. You got to show them that, hey, when I correct you, daddy love you. Mama love you. I'm here. You know, I'm doing this, you know, for your good. Because God tells us he does everything for our good. It's going to work for our good. So it's helping to encourage them so they can look back and be like, you know what, mama? You told me it was going to be like this you know, I thank you. You know, it's like the song by Tupac, Dear Mama, you know, he was writing to his mama saying, Mama, thank you, because I knew it was going to be rough out there. But now I can pay back and say, "I, I thank you for helping a brother out. Amen? Another thing I want you to take away. God gives mercy and grace regardless of your past. Your present and even your future sin. Now that's, that's something right there. That's another to shout about and run around the church say, "Oh, Hallelujah! God, you can forgive me for my past, my present and my future. Wow, God, how can you do that? Because I'm God. I know you. I created you. I'm your daddy. So, I can bring you out of this situation. Psalms 23 and 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How many wanna dwell in, in, in God's house forever? I know I do. Because when you in God's house, can't nothing. Tell you down. Can't nothing get to you because you covered under the shadow of the Almighty. God got you covered. He's going to be that fence, that hedge to protect you. Even when you go out, you step outside, he can bring you back in because you're under his covering. And what this is showing that his grace is sufficient. That means that no matter what we do, God will still show us grace. And he's trying to help us to also extend grace. Some may be in the building this morning saying that, what you mean by that? They did me wrong. They hurt me. How can I forgive them? How can I show them grace? Because God shows you grace. And if God can do it, so can you. Because you're connected with him. So that gives you the right to say, well, you know what? Yeah, I can go ahead and um, and forgive them. Or if if I've done something wrong, if I come to the Lord with sincerity, don't just come be like, well, Lord, you know, I did this. I'm coming to the altar. I'm giving it to you, and I'm going back, and I'm going to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. No. Yeah, he'll extend the grace, but there comes a point where it's going to run out. Because he's not going to just keep doing stuff if you're intentionally doing things contrary to his word. He's wanting you to get it so it can correct it. So you won't error in your ways. Because there's an old saying, when you know better, you do better. So that's what God is expecting for us to do. When we know better, we do better. To know that his grace will extend to us no matter what the situation is. Or circumstance. And then the last thing in closing God redeemed you of sin through the atonement of Jesus Christ. So, because of that, you can stand and walk in deliverance. Isaiah 53 and five says, "But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds, we are healed. And so today, In hearing this message, if you are saying to yourself that I want to be redeemed, I want to be bought back into a right relationship with Christ, I want to be free from the sinful nature of my life, I want to be released from this trouble whether I caused or that was brought upon me. I need to be free to worship you, God. Free to praise your name. Free to just be greater in you. If you're saying those things this morning, right now I extend for you to come to the altar to give it to God and saying God I want to be redeemed I want to be yours either for the first time or once again I need a stronger connection with you God I need to be reconciled and brought back together just like the children were scattered about Through the blood of Jesus, it helped to bring them back together from a lost world. And that's what he can do today for you. Bring you back from a lost world so that you can now have vision, purpose, and sight. So if that's you, you can come to the altar. Thank you for joining us on the Fam Church podcast. Fam Church is here to connect people to Christ. If you live in or are visiting the Lakeland, Florida area, we would love to have you join us on Sundays at 10:30 a.m. You can also check us out online at myfamchurch.com. Thanks again and have an amazing day.